So the big question is this. How do married entrepreneurs like us who have decades of business building experience, how do we break through common communication, productivity, and profitability barriers all while living powerfully in sync? That's the big question, and this podcast is the answer. You see, even if just one of you is called to entrepreneurship, the family is called to entrepreneurship. No, the goal is not the almighty dollar. We're aiming for the almighty impact. What's up? This is O.L. and Sway Buckley. Welcome to the Married Pernod Life Podcast. Marriage Marketplace Ministry. Let's go. Hey, what's up? This is O.L. Buckley. And this is Sway. Of MarriedPernodLife.com. This is where we help high-achieving married entrepreneurs who want to get more clarity, generate more income, and yes, leave a lasting impact. Yes, we are legacy builders. We are pioneering a path for marriedpreneurs that disrupts the cycle of settling to establish a radical family empire. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the Marriedpreneur Life Podcast. Those of you who are with us for the first time, we're so excited that you were here. We are honored. Those of you returning, what is up, fam? Glad to have you back here in the Marriedpreneur House. So today, we're going to take you down a little memory lane and just really share some real life lessons that we know will be super valuable to you and actually just I think just to be fair in all transparency we're giving you a little bit tiny taste behind the scenes of the types of stories lessons but it's going to go way deeper than this that are going to be shared at Marypreneur Live next week yes. and we're super excited about that Marypreneur Live is the number one live event uniquely created for married entrepreneurs helping married entrepreneurs build a family empire and a lasting legacy so we're so geeked about that you can get more deets over at todaylive.com quick little plug right there okay so here's the thing i was talking to the hubby and we've been getting and gathering all of our stories we've been so inundated with just really making sure it's the best of the best content, the best of the best lessons, the best of the best activities and implementation going on there. It is literally going to be an amazing opportunity for married entrepreneurs to work together right there in the in the space and walk away with their customized growth plan for 2020. There's nothing absolutely like it, like for real. We're so excited. So we wanted to just give you a little taste and kind of work out any kinks that may be in the way i don't think there are any really with this this is going to be lots of fun so i asked the hubby if he would be willing to share his story because i feel like you know a lot of times you don't hear about like our backstory um and especially his because he doesn't talk as much as i do and that's okay i don't mind being the talker but you you are a talker he is a talker you just kind of got to push those buttons those talker buttons um so I asked him, so I just wrote down some stories. I'm like, oh, what about this story? You can share this story. Oh, these lessons that you could you learned over here. What about this? What about that? And so today, for this episode, we landed on some stories. Well, a, a well, there's a lot of stories combined in one. Yeah, but these are going to be lessons that Mark Cuban taught me. Lessons, Mark, and I should say this before you go into <clears throat> your lessons and talk about how what that even means. Like, did you really like? Did he teach you these lessons, or did you read about this, or like, do you actually know him, or how did this like? Yes, the Mark Cuban Shark Tank billionaire that one yeah um owner of dallas mavericks owner of dallas mavericks that one um before we do that i do need to give you a quick disclaimer we are in the car so if in case you hear any ambient noises honking screaming y'all you know yelling welcome to our world no you shouldn't hear that we're on the turnpike in new jersey so people are pretty calm here it's just a lot of traffic on the way to church 
So, with that being said, I think we're ready to take it away. Or you're ready to take it away. Yes. So, just for a little uh, establishment, Mm -hmm. I worked for Mark Cuban as a producer on a, a television show and partnership that he had with CBS Broadcasting. And so, when I was working with him, my roles literally went from non-speaking to speaking. But in both cases, I spent a lot of hours with him on set, a lot of time in production meetings. And so there was always a close proximity between the two of us. And yes, I've gone to games and stayed in box suites and yada, 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 all the stuff that you could possibly imagine. And yes, we hung out on more than one occasion, uh, just even off work, off the clock, so to speak. So getting right to it, here are three things that I learned or that Mark Cuban taught me during my time working with him. Number one. Can we tell the story? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm I'm not going to butt in. No, it's okay. So, well, I'll tell the story first. I think that's what you were getting at. That's what I was going to ask you, right? You're going to tell the story? I love story time. So we were on set and part of the show was shot because it was like a variety show. Part of the show was shot at a restaurant in Dallas, um, a very well-known, popular restaurant in Dallas that CBS would rent out every week and we would literally take over the entire restaurant. And there were um, so many times where literally the people who would just be patronizing the restaurant, those who were customers coming out for dining and so forth, would literally, they would be the... I guess you could say extras, if you will, on the set while we were shooting the show. So it was live, it was real time, and <clears throat> all of that. Well, Mark being the guy that he is, was very accessible, never really took himself too seriously. Um, and so, in terms of being a billionaire. And okay. so, with, people, with the, with the <laughs> people would literally just crowd around him, as you could imagine, and pull on him and ask him for this and ask him for that. And what was so interesting is for all of the people that were crowding around him and pressing up, pressing up on him. And I mean, people trying to pitch him business ideas and trying to get tickets. And I mean, you name it. People were asking for it, pitching it, trying it, what have you. And in that kind of an environment, to have that many people pulling on you, I mean, week in and week out for hours at a time. It was amazing to me how he was always the same mark. Mm. He never lost his control. And one lady, literally, um, <clears throat> one lady and actually one, one, one gentleman were trying to ask him for whatever it was. And I could see, you know, I like to think I'm a person with a fair, decent amount of discernment. He was like man, I really wish they would stop. And he never got loud. Did he have bodyguards running around him? Um, not really. Mm. Not really. I mean, he was literally that, that, that approachable. Mm. And so, and I mean approachable even, not just like attitude approachable, but like physically approachable. I know, I approached him in Starbucks. And I was like, you know my husband? And he was like, cool. And I told him, he was like, that's your husband? Yeah, he was like, cool, walk up to him in Starbucks and yeah. chill. He was like, tell him I said what's up. Totally, totally. And so, yeah, and and that's just the kind of guy he was. And so 
these people were pressing him and pressing him and pressing him. Now, there were people who were with him who would pick up on that and they would be like, you know, okay, you know, like try to pull him away or something like that. But he never got rude. He never got indignant. He never got ugly. He never even carried an air of conceit. Like, you know, like you almost wouldn't know his net worth unless you knew his net worth. And if it wasn't for his popularity, you probably wouldn't know. And if it wasn't for people, you know, for magazines and publications writing up on him. So the one lesson I learned from him of three that I'm going to share tonight is control your emotions. Never let people pull you out of state. And when I realized that if he could do that on that level, then I'm thinking, okay, now, oh, well, what's your excuse, brother? So I realized that to have that kind of control over yourself, over yourself first and foremost, um, that's something that I that I wanted to model, something that I wanted to to practice, and something that I still do practice today. And I can say that I've gotten better at it. Um, so that's the that's the first lesson that Mark Cuban taught me. The second lesson that Mark Cuban taught me reminds me of a particular instance when. <clears throat> We were in a um, we were in a production meeting, and there was uh, 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 someone in the meeting. I don't remember who it was. I think it was someone from the station. I think the Mavericks were playing the Lakers, and this is when Kobe was on was 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 still playing. So when the Lakers came to town, like tickets were massively sold out. Well, something that was very interesting. Mark was talking about. How for the stadium, excuse me, for the arena, how the IRS was dinging him for comp tickets, meaning that the that 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 the arena was literally, um, you know, uh, taking a loss. And this is when it was just being built, and it was you know people were trying to you know, um, I guess pay off the mortgage on it or what have you but it was a collaborative effort so it wasn't just him and I remember him talking about how he wanted to you know not necessarily restrict comp tickets but how he wanted to find a way to continue to make those available without the arena taking taking a loss now that may not sound like a lot to you but the arena at the end of the year you gotta figure concession staff cleaning staff Security staff, people checking people in, and ushers, and all all of that, right? You got to consider at the end of the year what that could look like to the bottom line. And so I remember him. We were having a strategy meeting about how can we find other ways to offset um, those comp tickets, so we couldn't, rest- so we would, so we, so we didn't have to restrict tickets to the game for you know family members and people friends of friends of friends and all that kind of stuff so he wanted to still keep that keep that feel around keep that keep that culture of what they would call you know um rowdy mavs fans for life and so just really keep that 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 culture of it being about the sport it being about the game it being about the experience and allowing other people who might not otherwise be able to to share in that experience and so the fact that he has strategies for that and he was thinking about instead of just saying, well, let's give out less comp tickets. No, he was like, let's figure out a way 
to continue to make the same amount of comic tickets available, but yet offset the cost loss, if you will, uh, or, or should I say the 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 dinging that we were getting to our bottom line from the IRS. And so because, you know, there's municipal tax that has to be paid for that. There's 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 all kinds of tax that has to be paid when you buy a ticket. It's like buying a hotel. There's city tax and this tax and that tax. So he was trying to figure out ways to offset that. And that's when I realized that you have to think creatively and set safeguards around as a business owner around your revenue but I also realized <clears throat> that um, that you want to be you want to be generous without um, enabling dysfunction and let me explain what I mean by that he still wanted to be generous but he was challenging he was challenging us and I say us because I was one of those benefactors of free tickets it was like we're going to figure out a way to continue to make the tickets available in other words he could have taken the hit he could have said you know what forget it you know we'll 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 eat that cost you know what's the big deal but for him it wasn't about his net worth it wasn't about you know how much the tickets may cost to attend you know a game when the lakers are in town he was challenging us to think creatively so that the generosity can still exist but yet we can make more sense of it. Otherwise, we could have just been like, well, Mark can handle it. Well, the arena could handle it. And that would have been enabling our dysfunction or possibly even been, been, been I mean, I'm gonna speak for me, would have possibly kept me into a place of like, I don't know if the word is laziness or just not really thinking critically or not challenging myself. In other words, if, if Mark was gonna give you something, he was gonna challenge you in it, not just to be a recipient, um, but be somebody who really brought something to the table, even if it was just ideas. So I really appreciated that because I was like, you know what? It taught me to be a solutionary, excuse me, it taught me to be a solutionary. Did I just make that word up? It taught me to be a solutionary, yeah. uh, thinking kind of a person rather than somebody who just receives. You know what I mean? It's like, you're gonna receive, but you're also gonna come up with an idea. And so I really appreciated that. Be generous without enabling dysfunction or producing dysfunction. And so that was the second lesson that, that I learned from Marky. The, the, the third and final one that I'll share on this episode is this. <laughs> Excuse me. There was a time that we were out and it was after the show and it was getting really late and the restaurant was still open. And after the show, after we were finished taping the show, there would be a DJ upstairs and sometimes it would be me sometimes it would be another dj and we the this area of the restaurant would stay open till like 2 a.m well mark everybody was like sort of hanging around and nobody really wanted to leave until mark left and that kind of happens when a bunch of people are hanging around somebody with that degree of influence nobody really wants to leave until that person leaves and so Mark did something I thought was so wise and so brilliant as as a as a leader in the business, as a leader in the show. And I realized this. When he got up and left, it was probably, I would say, maybe just after midnight, maybe like 12, 15-ish or so. And he was like, well, production meetings in the morning and I'm tired. 
see you guys in the morning. And that was it. And he just bounced. And I realized that as long as he stayed there, people would have kept asking him questions and kept asking him questions and kept asking him questions. And we probably would have stayed there until the restaurant closed. But he did something that I thought was so brilliant. He set boundaries for himself so that other people could respect those boundaries as well. That's the last and third lesson I want to share on this episode is set boundaries for yourself and other people will respect the boundaries you set for yourself. And he kept those boundaries. And so when people see you compromise yourself, they'll compromise you. When people see you compromise yourself, they'll compromise you. And his, that was, I believe, his way of saying, we've got a very important meeting in the morning. Do not be late. <laughs> and be sharp when you come. Don't come in there dragging, you know, come in there sharp and ready to contribute. Did you make because it on time? I absolutely made it on time. And when he left, I promise you, I couldn't have been more than, I was probably less than five minutes behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. Those are three lessons that Mark Cuban I think that's amazing because, man, there's so many more. And we're going to go a lot deeper. Um, this is just really surface stuff, right? But it's Absolutely. I, although it's surface stuff, it's it's golden stuff. And so um, we just want to give you all a little sneak peek of what's going to be going down, what's going to be going up next week at Mary Panure Live. Um, we hope that this episode has been helpful, enlightening, encouraging, and inspiring to you and if so you definitely know what to do you can go ahead and subscribe rate and review subscribe and like always look forward to checking y'all on the next episode okay guys have an amazing rest of your day stay encouraged stay inspired and go and do the same for somebody else we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the maripreneur life podcast if so you know what to do review and rate and definitely do leave a comment we love to hear all of your takeaways also if you don't know we are planning our very first mary Fenua live event it's going to be amazing go ahead and get on the vip waitlist over at www.marypreneurmap.com forward slash waitlist we'll see you on the other side